it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like Sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and today I am delighted to be joined once again by JP Mason. You're surping something out of your King Tut's Wawa hot mug. Um, what has the week held for you this week, JP? You're into Celtic in a big way, but you also are entrenched constantly in the world of music. How's your week been? Aye, good man. Uh, so last Thursday we, we beat Rafe Rovers, which we, we talked about last week, which was the, which was the, the hope and uh, and wish that we were going into that game with. And then at the weekend, I went down to Manchester with my pal um, Martin Melly of the 20 Minute Tims fame, and we uh, went to see Manchester United at Aston, against Aston Villa. Both a, <laughs> a rip-roaring, not free-scoring, not boring either game, um, but if you're a Man United uh, fan, probably not the best result, but um, got tickets... On the Friday night, by the way, through Twitter, just put up a tweet saying, going down to Manchester, going to a gig, um, looking for tickets. A guy got back to me 
absolute hero just got back to me saying get in touch so I got in touch and he goes I've got two tickets for the game tomorrow me and my brother can't make it mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll give you them for 40 quid each and I was like what? that's amazing and and next thing he's like have you got a Manchester United membership number and I went yeah I do sent him the membership number next thing bang two tickets in my Manchester United account and I had tickets for the game simple as that I paypal them the money easy as and then I thanked him the other day despite the result I thanked him and you know just said thanks so much and he was like oh yeah well always happy to help out like a true football fan blah 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 you know face value the thing and everything else and I was like you know what that's really cool because the tickets for that game on Saturday on resale sites like Via Gogo and all that were going for north of 150 200 quid so really cool and I really think Celtic should adopt something similar do you know what I mean I mean it not only are you getting membership money from people, and I know Russell's touched on this before as well, to have like a sort of Celtic membership where you yeah. pay a monthly fee. But if you were to able to then get that sort of thing happening as well, where you could get season tickets for people that can't go, because let's face it, in this current climate, there's people not going to the games. Did Kev not say the other day the whole row was it was empty? So that could be taken by people that want to go to the games. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah that was that was that and then we went to see the Cortinas at Old Trafford <laughs> cricket ground with Johnny Marr supporting Johnny Marr yes uh, yeah, which it kind of felt like when Johnny Marr was playing it kind of felt like it was a Johnny Marr headline set because he was just playing loads of Smith songs so you had 50,000 people singing there is a light that never goes out and you know this charming man and all that it was absolutely unbelievable and uh, and then we hot footed it back up the road on Sunday to get the train to go to Celtic Park <laughs> for not exactly a feast of football shall we say against Dundee United so yes. there was a very there were two very hungover and tired people in Celtic Park on Sunday and one of them was me and uh, yeah I, I can't believe we didn't win I mean all the chances we had and everyone else but I know that's been spoken about already this week, but yeah, it has been JP. But you and I haven't had the opportunity because this is my first appearance on Axon this week, also. Yeah. Uh, so there's a few wee things we will cover. But on your point of the membership, we've spoken about that a few times on a Celtic State of Mind, and it's like you say, it is a no-brainer. I mean, if you bring in, as we have in the the, the pre-season here, a big name from Australia and a big name from Japan. You're going to have, I mean, we've we've noticed that with regards to the people tuning into Axon, you can see from where uh, your viewers are, are watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not just on the kind of chat listens, you can see it on a heat graph on your analytics. So you see there's a huge interest in Celtic for obvious reasons. Um, there is anyway in, in Australia, but I think it's been um, increased since Postacoglu came in and, of course, uh, in Japan due to Kyogo. So you've got a, a whole... Um, host of opportunities there. Not just to hope that people go onto your website and maybe want to pay the postage and package into Australia and Japan, but mm. there is the opportunity to have membership schemes. And and this goes right out to our fan base in America as well, whereby you can contribute to Celtic by paying an annual fee and you get a whole uh, wealth of different content, etc., specifically for members, discounts, 
etc. There's a, there's a whole package that could be built, and we're, we're a global brand, so we should be doing stuff like that. JP, I think it's um, it's it's been a long time coming, and hopefully. The club are, as they suggested there when we pitched it to them at the beginning of the season, looking into building a membership scheme. I mean, David Slight, who contributes to Celtic, a Celtic state of mind rather, as well as Celtic, um, from time to time, he is a member of various clubs, clubs that he has an, aff- an affinity with all over Europe. He's a member with them. So I know that he's a member of St. Pauli, for example, and, and there are others. So, yeah, absolutely buy into that. Um, but then you come up the roads and you watch Celtic against Dundee United tonight. We will be watching uh, another European game against Leverkusen, by a Leverkusen. And I'm, I'm going to have to put this out here because it, there's no hiding place. I have hosted every single match day for Celtic State of Mind this season. Therefore, I've not been in the stadium. Now, you were t- telling me there about um, season tickets, etc. I know that it's frowned upon uh, to swap season tickets, isn't it? Um, at Celtic Park, etc. But my season tickets haven't been uh, utilised uh, to their maximum due to the fact that I want to do the match day stuff. Thankfully, Kevin Graham's going to stand in for me tonight, so I will be at the game. Uh, yeah, you can call me a plastic fan and everything else. Just when when was the last time you were at Celtic Park? And this is not like obviously there has been a pandemic, so that has to be taken into consideration. But when was your last game? It was the last game before lockdown. Oh, then March. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, that was the last game, JP. Wow. Um, so there's obviously a reason for that. I'm trying through the media contacts at the club to find some kind of solution so that I can do the broadcast and also be at the game. Uh, at the moment, that's not possible. So we're just going to have to have shots about. So Kevin Graham is uh, standing in for me tonight. He will be joined by Russell Boyce, Lawrence Conley and Laura Bradburn, the Fantastic Four, I'm calling them. Um, now, I'm going to start off tonight by talking about uh, the fixture, one of their danger men being Jeremy Frimpong. The fact that we should have all the data and all the analytics in the world about that player for obvious reasons, JP. But um, the cautionary tale would be that, well, we should have had the same kind of level of detail on Sviachenko yet he was able to nullify Eduard over two games and we weren't able to get in about him. And in the first day of the season, uh, Craig Gordon was only beaten once and Gary Mackay Stephen opened the scoring for Hearts. So it doesn't always work like that. But you mm. think going into the game, we know plenty about Frimpong. How, how did you feel about his uh, comments in relation to the fact that he wasn't really pushing for a move? He wasn't ready to move Celtic. But when the deal came in and the offer came in, it was one he couldn't refuse. What, what, what did you think of that? Well, it kind of goes against what we've been told, doesn't it? Uh I don't. I don't have any insight further than that. Uh, further than what's been said by both the player and the former manager. I, I mean, it kind of feels like a no-brainer. If, 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 and you know, as as much as you know, you or I, if we were playing for Celtic, wouldn't want to necessarily move on. You know, as long as we were well compensed, compensed for you know playing and doing our job, but. As a guy who like him who has little or no connection to Celtic, he's only been in the door what a year, eighteen months, something like that. You know, when a when a Bundesliga side come in for you and probably wave a fairly big wage in front of you, I, I, I certainly can't blame him for doing what he did. You know, it's I mean, he's not really one of these guys that was going to be quote unquote there for the ten. You know, like, 
uh, that would have meant little or nothing to him. I'm sure he would have enjoyed it if he was here and we would have got some good sound bites from him as a result of it. But um, nah, I, I, but but it is quite weird that you know. Obviously, we were told there were several players that wanted to leave, and then everybody sort of surmised when he left in January that he must have been one of those players. Mm. And then for him to come out and say, "Well, I wasn't pushing for a move," um, maybe. It could be a bit of both. He, he might be just trying to sort of paint himself in a good light because ultimately by saying that, it doesn't necessarily mean to say that, you know, he hasn't agitated for a move because he, he may well have done, but just kept it on the QT. And, you know, by him coming out and saying, well, actually, I didn't want to move, you know, I still, you know, it, it's, I mean, I don't want to be cynical about it, but it's quite good to have Celtic fans as currency after you've left the club because, we're a massive club with a massive support and a big amount of people that follow the club online. So it doesn't do Celtic ex-Celtic players, even if they're at other clubs, any harm to have that, to be to be favoured by Celtic rather than be not favoured by Celtic. I mean, Moussa Dembele. Moussa Dembele, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean I, I, I'm pretty sure Moussa Dembele isn't the guy that runs that Twitter account. I'm, in fact, I'm almost certain that it isn't. Um, I'm sure he's like fine with what whoever it is that runs it courting the Celtic stuff and everything else, um, and I'm sure he does have a genuine affection for Celtic, but not to the point that he's sitting on Twitter tweeting away like every time he gets a mention from Celtic, like oh yeah, remember this and all that. I mean, come on, um, we're not that. It's we're not brand just, management. It's brand we're management. Up the back, do you know what I mean? So uh, yeah, it's um, it's quite it's quite funny to see all that happening and play out. Now, the, the thing with Frimpong, as I say, we should know all about him. Uh, I, I mean, I remember him breaking into the side. He was the first player in a long time, JP, that got me off my seat. And uh, that was before, obviously, we did Axon match day bulletins and I was allowed to go to the games. So he, he was getting us off our seat. He changed his style of play a fair bit. I, I think he um, seemed to stagnate a wee bit. Uh, but again, he was playing in a, 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 an underperforming Celtic side at that time. Mm-hmm. But he got that, that tremendous move. And I think that we do know all about him as fans and, and what he can bring to uh, a football side. So that begs the question, who goes toe-to-toe with Jeremy Frimpong? I mean, I remember one of the best performances uh, was probably the League Cup final where we were awful against Rangers. We won one nothing, and Frimpong gets sent off. Um, brilliant performance by Fraser Foster that day. But Frimpong seemed to be the only out ball and he, he, he never lost the ball. He never seemed to lose the ball uh, throughout the whole game and it was unfortunate they ended up getting sent off. But he showed in a game like that the kind of damage he can do uh, to a side uh, and the weapon he can be tonight against us. Who goes toe-to-toe? We know that Zhiranovic is injured. That was confirmed yesterday. He's injured. Bolingoli's not in the European squads. It kind of, your tailor's injured. It leaves us with a couple of options. It leaves us with the option of Montgomery, who has impressed, although I think Dundee United was, uh, you know, below his standard so yeah. far. Um, another player who we've only seen a few minutes of would be Liam Scales, and I don't think tonight is the ideal opportunity to throw him in for a start. So who who do you go up against Frimpong with? It's not the ideal opportunity, but it may be a necessity to play him. Um, he's obviously match fit we've discussed that before because he was playing regularly before he came to us um, so he's not like way behind in terms of training and fitness and everything else saw a cameo of him against 
Wraith Rovers, was it? It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, I mean, it's very difficult to judge a player on so little minutes. But, you know, I received more than a few texts from Celtic supporting friends saying, oh, skills looks okay. You know, like good, 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 uh, good sort of, uh, con- you know, control wants to have the ball. So I-, I wouldn't have any fears about it. I certainly don't think it's something, it's a bit of a baptism of fire, but I, th- I think he- I think he would possibly thrive on it. And m- maybe it could be the night that makes him as a, as a you know, so- sometimes Celtic players need that kind of night that kind of, I don't know. I, I, I was talking about Nier Beaton and I was thinking back to Nier Beaton's eight years at Celtic and like, can you really think of a night when Nier Beaton has cemented himself in Celtic fans' hearts and minds for something that he's done? And all you can think of is all the mistakes that he's made that have cost us, <laughs> cost us big time, you know? So well, that point in folks' eyes. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's nonsense. And the rugby tackle and Manelos and all that. So anyway, yeah. um, scale, this could be a night you know, although it's his Celtic careers in its infancy, this could be a night that you know kickstarts it and 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 in a big way because the the great thing about Celtic at times is that we are and we we find ourselves in these arenas our own obviously tonight, but these arenas to give players a platform to showcase what they can do, and you know as well as I do that so many people have talked about, you know, Scales can do the job, he's a good player, all these Irish-based supporters who have been watching him play. So if you give him an opportunity to be the best player that he can be tonight in this arena, um, then that, that goes a long way to, you know, making people confident about him going forward. Um, and I don't think it's, you know, I think Ange Postacoglu has hesitated to start Montgomery away at Amon Vale. So how would he suddenly mm. be okay to start in a you know Europa League fixtures against a Bundesliga team when he's going to be going up against a potent weapon in Frimpong? I think when we had Frimpong, we just relied too much upon him, and we, we I remember quite a few games where it was just like give the ball to Frimpong, see what he can do. And you're like mm-hmm. this guy's a wee, a wee kid, you know, he's not he's not Maradona. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I, I just I, I remember hearing and seeing that a few times and, and witnessing it with my own eyes it was just kind of like alright well we've got Frimpong so we'll just give the ball to him and see what he can do and I mean obviously I think he'll be in a far more disciplined side within a German coaching setup. so what they do with him and have done with him will be interesting to see tonight Yeah I mean <clears throat> the thing with skills uh, your point that you make there I'm thinking back to the coming of age of certain Celtic players. You know, I remember Cadiz uh, being thrown in against Barcelona. Tony Watt, Barcelona. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Feeling stuck in your current job? Looking for a career pivot? Are you a proven leader looking to step up? The University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business prepares students to meet challenges, solve problems, and obtain a profound understanding of how to operate in the modern economy. With MBA and MS programs offering flexible options to fit your lifestyle and goals. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more today at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired. Fearless. Unstoppable. Um, John Kennedy, Barcelona, David Marshall, Barcelona. 
I don't know. We played them quite a lot of times over a period, yeah. a period of a few years. But you're right. It sometimes is the making of the player. Uh, and I know not all of those players went on to have sparkling Celtic careers, but for that moment they went out and they absolutely performed to the to the maximum of their ability. Is that night tonight? I think it's one of the big question marks about the lineup, um, and it will be interesting to see who he shows his faith in. I felt a wee bit sorry for Montgomery because I've been singing his praises, JP, but. Uh, I don't think he was at his absolute best, although he did take a dull one himself against Dundee United. Mm, he did. Uh, he, he was very wasteful with the ball. You know, only probably outdone by his mile of sorrow in terms of giving the ball away and just being reckless in possession and trying to regain possession as well. Montgomery looked really hesitant, which was strange because he's, he hasn't looked like that most of the time, whether it was pressure Mm. I don't know, you know, being at Celtic Park. I mean, sometimes you forget the weight of expectation <laughs> that has been put, basically because, you know, he was introduced to the team, correct me if I'm wrong, but in a time where there was no fans, and now there are fans. He did come in at the side last season, or is this... Is this is, is no, this, he did. Yeah, uh, you remember he, he played against Livy at home um, in, in January. Mm-hmm. And then he made an appearance later on in the year against Hibs. Yeah, aye. The road. So, so suddenly you've got you know fifty, fifty-five thousand people or whatever, and and they're all kind of on your back, and the pressure's ramped up, and it's like, well, we have to get a win here, and mm. I, you know, we just we just didn't. I, I didn't see anything really in that Celtic side. I know we hit the bar three times, and you can you can point to that, but you know we were discussing it after the game we probably didn't deserve to win that game. You know, based on our performance overall, I don't think we deserve to win it. Dundee United were amazing by any stretch. They all pointed to the fact that there was a, a penalty shout, completely ignoring the foul and Starfelt that led up to that penalty shout. But um, yeah, yep. it's like, well, 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 we'll look at that one, but we'll look at that one. It's like, okay, there's so many Dundee United fans on Twitter all posting that clip. And I'm like, you're posting a clip that has a clear foul and a Celtic player before the fell and your player, so yeah. Um, but I, I think Montgomery. I, I don't. I, I don't think tonight is a night for him. I may get proved wrong, and maybe this is his night instead of scales. But um, I think on the back of, on the back of Sunday, he should probably be protected given his age. I mean, scales has got what four years in him. So if you're choosing between scales and Montgomery tonight, then surely it's scales. It's going to be interesting to see, JP. I'm going to get as many people involved as I always try to do in the comments section. First of all, we've got Bold Highland Paddy and uh, hello from a cold and windy cork. Yes, hello. And uh, it's cold and windy here in Dalkeith as well, JP. And hopefully uh, the rain isn't so bad tonight once I get into that game. Scott Howe. Right, scrap all the negativity. Come on the hoops, let's do this. That isn't a response to what we've been talking about. JP Scott commented pretty early on in the uh, broadcast. And I'm just catching up with the, the comments. Just to go uh, back onto a comment that was made, I think, yesterday or the day before, there is absolutely no favouritism in relation to who comes up in the comments field. I can categorically state that as the fact because if I'm not on the, the broadcast, I am the guy on the buttons behind the scenes and uh, it's simply when it's relevant, I'll bring it up. 
simple as that. So we've not got any favourites. But um, if you want to become part of the Axon cult, then obviously what you can do is get onto our website, axon.net, and register. Um, and obviously, if you buy merchandise, we'll have your contact details as well. And what we're going to be doing going forward, JP, is we're going to be doing broadcast exactly like this, but we'll be bringing in people who obviously watch the show. We won't put it out live just to protect everybody <laughs> in relation to anything that might uh, be said. Yes, but we will be putting out the shows after the event. So you can come in, we'll do a bulletin with somebody like JP and myself, somebody else, and a couple of the Axom viewers, and we'll get you involved that way as well. Another way, obviously, is by subscribing on YouTube. And today is the final day of September, so it's the final day of the Concept Jersey giveaway. As of next month, you'll be in line to win a signed and framed Bobby Lennox print. It's a beautiful art print of Bobby Lennox playing down Saltcoats Beach wearing his Lisbon Lions jersey, and he signed it for us, so that's brilliant. It's beautifully framed. We'll be giving away that next month. But this jersey here, and JP has seen it in the flesh, and he will concur that that is not grey, it's green, Yeah. but the lighting in here makes everything look a wee bit grey. I'm not as grey as I look on the screen either, but... This is the Andy Tom jersey uh, because it's a German-made jersey. It's got the Axom embroidery both sides. Andy Tom is relevant today because he played for both Bayer Leverkusen and Celtic. And we're going to be giving that away as soon as JP comes up with a question. So I'm putting you on the spot. Whenever you come up with a question, we'll fire it out. We'll give it away live. That's the final jersey. Everybody else who's won jerseys and platinum discs and everything else uh, will be getting their prizes as well. So moving on from that, JP, we've been looking at a wee bit um, at our opponents, and I think it's interesting to bring up Gerardo Suwan. Mm -hmm. I hope that's how you pronounce his name. He's the manager, of course, of our opponents tonight. Now, he was sounded out about the Celtic job whilst he was in charge of Young Boys, um, who he led to League two league titles and the Champions League group stages. He's obviously gone on to tonight's opponents and he is sitting second in the Bundesliga uh, behind only Bayern Munich. So he's, he's obviously a, a fantastic manager who seems to be on the rise, JP. But Celtic did inquire about him, believe it or not, uh, during that period of 106 days, I think it was, when we were looking for a new manager. Um, but it, it leads us on to our own manager. That's the reason I'm bringing that up. Um, and there was a, a point earlier on uh, on the comment section, forgive me, I can't bring that particular comment up because it was so early um, and it's been put right to the back of the queue. But the point was, uh, based on Angie's comments the other day, where he, where he was bringing up the, the kind of narrative of the media, the condescending nature of the questions, etc. And I was looking at that thinking, right, OK, he's putting it out there. Or perhaps, is he feeling... Uh, the pressure, JP, is he feeling a bit isolated? And it made me wonder about, obviously, tonight's opponents and the fact that um, Sir Wan was on a, a shortlist of sorts. And it made me start to think about the Eddie Howe deal and the collapse of that deal, but not because I want to labour that, but because of the fact that he was given or he had been offered carte blanche in terms of the, the staffing, right down to the director of football. Yet we've got Ange Postacoglu in here at the moment and he still doesn't have any of his own staff. You know, tell me, Anton McElhone, um, formerly of Tottenham Hotspurs, Greenock Morton, etc., was something, someone that Ange identified. So it is quite a concern for me that he is cutting somewhat an isolated figure at Celtic Park at the moment. Am mm -hmm. I looking too much into that, JP? Is there room for concern? We've all seen the rumours flying about WhatsApp in the last few days. We're not going to labour those either because I can't speak uh -huh. to them. 
can't <laughs> speak to him being accurate. Um, is is he a man under immense pressure? Is is it starting to show? Do you think in Ange? Uh, I, I didn't see his presser uh, yesterday, so I can't comment on his current body language. I read some comments somewhere, maybe somebody retweeted or whatever, of what he was saying about, you know, he thinks that there's been a few sort of condescending questions in yeah. his way, at, you know, him possibly not understanding the magnitude of the job that he's taken on. Um, I think he's well aware of that and was aware, was well aware of that before he came. I mean, he's, he's, he's not an idiot, you know what I mean? It's not as if he's arrived at Celtic thinking that he's arrived at, you know, Staley Bridge Celtic or something like that. You know, he's, he knows who Celtic are and knows what the club are all about and, and, and the, the weight of expectation. And he also will know what happened last season and what, you know, what he's trying to sort of claw back, so to speak, in terms of a points deficit and everything else. So my concern is, and, you know, some people don't share this concern, but my concern is that the whole place just seems so disjointed at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you just hope that the team and the squad are together with Postacoglu because ultimately that is the main the main thing, isn't it? Like, I, I mean, the footballing department, albeit is fractured because we don't have Postacoglu's people in place and everything else, but... I think that all happened because it was all so rushed. You know, at least with the Eddie Howe thing, there were obviously there was a lot of planning in place. That to suddenly hire all these people all at the same time, just that just doesn't happen in football, especially when you're bringing in somebody. Let's face it; it was a bit last minute, wasn't it? It wasn't. It wasn't. It doesn't seem like it was like this long term thing. As much as they say it was Plan B. So we're currently in the situation where, yeah, he doesn't have any of his own staff. There's not the uh, employees brought in in different uh, parts of the, the club in terms of, you know, the recruitment and sports science, all the rest of it. We've mm-hmm. lost the EO. There's still a big, huge question mark over what happened there. Um, so, I mean, the last thing you want is the manager being hung out to dry. You know, to, to the guy suddenly has to take take the rap and take the blame for everything else that's gone on at the club prior to and while he's been at the club because mm-hmm. I think that's hugely unfair. Yes, people will point to we should have beat Livingston, you know, we should have a, a team capable of beating Livingston. We've had teams capable of beating Livingston before and haven't done it. So I think that's a little unfair. Why that keeps happening, I don't know. Dundee United at the weekend, Again, the the injuries disrupted everything. We lost McCarthy, we lost Juranovic. Mm. Um, a, a stronger, healthier Celtic squad could possibly have coped with those losses on Sunday and gone on to, to take the three points. But we are currently in such a fragile state with so many people out and so many new players, as Kev's pointed out a couple of times, the appearances ratio for Celtic players on the park at the moment are, are you know, minuscule. Uh, in comparison to the season campaigners that we've lost over the last four seasons. So yeah. um, I, I think there's definitely got to be a, a, a balance there. Um, I mean, tonight is such a big game uh, for us in terms of, I mean, the Betis game really restored, for me it restored a little bit of uh, pride anyway. You know, I didn't I didn't feel shame at getting beat 4-3 off Real Betis in Spain. I felt shame uh, sitting here on my own watching us getting absolutely tonked four one off Sparta Prague. Yeah, you know there was there was no 
nothing. There was no pride in that defeat or either of the either of the four ones. So that this season is all about restoring pride. So if we go out tonight and we, you know, earn a brave draw, you know, in in, in our current state would be a, a great result. Um, even if we were to get beat, but we got beat, you know, giving it a roll and laying, you know, laying gloves on them, then then so be it. You know, I mean, we've got to be realistic. They're second in the Bundesliga. You know, we we at this moment in time in our current state have absolutely no right to get anything from this game tonight. But in just the same way, if you go back to Brendan Rodgers' first season with Man City, we had absolutely no right to get anything from Man City at Celtic Park, but yet we did. You know, nobody gave us a hope in hell before that game. Um, a lot of early sort of debutants at that time, I think, mixed with seasoned professionals. However, nobody was expecting, everybody was like, well, Man City have won every single game so far this season. Nobody's taken a point off of them in the Premiership. And they come to Celtic Park and, you know, get away with a three each. Um, still one of my favourite nights at Celtic Park, by the way. Even though I missed the first goal, because there was a problem with my season ticket and I had to run down to the ticket office and then got, I got into the ground uh, and it was one each. And then obviously Tierney scored and the place went bananas. So uh, that, was, that was good, especially against them. Feels like a long time ago, JP. Oh, yeah. It really does. Um, some brilliant comments coming in. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to A Celtic State of Mind. There's uh, over a 1,000 uh, live just now, and we do try and get as many comments up on the screen as possible. For anyone who has been so kind to support the channel by buying merchandise on our on our website, then be assured that uh, it will be on its way. We've been sending out parcels all over the world. It's great to see people, JP, with the old axon tops on in the States yeah. and various other places. Yeah, that, that guy that took the picture this morning, his name escapes me, but... Steve uh, Murray. Steve Murray, yeah. That, that, and I've been to that part of... We, we stayed uh, with a couple who are friends with over in that part of America, and it's, it's unbelievable. It's all like near Eureka, California, and then we went to the Redwood Forest. That's all around about there, which is Endor, where they filmed Star Wars. So as soon as I saw that coastline, I was like, I know exactly where that is. Uh, it's also in the film uh, Nomad, Nomadland, is it? The Francis McDormand film. Um, have you seen that? you heard of it? It's one that won, it was one that won the Oscar anyway, and it's right. an amazing film. And there's a bit of that filmed where that guy took that picture on that coastline there, so... Well, we're in good we're in good company, uh, Axom. I love seeing you know the jerseys travelling far and wide. So yes, anyone out there uh, who is waiting on them, they will be coming in. Uh, we do have them all in stock. It's just that uh, I'm juggling a few things at the minute, JP. That's all it is. I'm just juggling. That's all it is. Um, some great comments coming through. Thank you all for getting involved. Stephen McGonagall believes that Frimpong did want to go. Don't kid yourself. Listen, I think that some of these footballers are quite cute in the way that they do it. Like you say, JP, they want to keep the relationship tidy with the Celtic fans. They don't want to be making any enemies. Um, so absolutely, uh, I get that. And Karen Gray picks up on the fact that the board's tongue would have been collectively hanging out wanting that 10 million quid they would sell their grannies well again that goes back to some of the points JP was making in terms of the fact that it looks all a bit fractured at the moment and um, I think that if the board were 100% behind Ange Postacoglu then there should be absolutely no hesitation JP in getting his men behind him uh, so that he can uh, implement 
what he's trying to do at Celtic. I've not seen it yet. I've not seen the board backing him 100%. I don't mean uh, in going out and buying players, but obviously in order for him to do what he needs to do, uh, he needs staff. And it doesn't look as though he's getting the staff, unfortunately. Now, um, you mentioned earlier on James McCarthy. And he has been confirmed as being fit for tonight's game, JP, by Ange. And because, again, uh, of the fact that we've got so many injuries at the moment, of course, Callum McGregor's going to still be out. There was an outside chance that he might make it. It's been confirmed he's out. McCarthy's going to start again tonight. Um, now, there was some sympathy against London. I've seen a lot of comments saying that he was murdered and he's, you know, we should never have given him a four-year deal, etc., Mm. I actually thought that he was a bit unlucky against London United due to the fact that he took two heavy, heavy tackles, which mm. ultimately finished his participation in the game. I haven't seen him back, by the way. I've not seen him back. I, I, apparently, there was, I mean, I remember it being bad at the game, but I've not seen a replay of it. But Fuchs, it? I think, was the worst one. Um, yeah. And I thought he went on to actually have a, a right good game for Dundee United. But that was a sending off, if you ask me. Mm. And uh, I think that when I'm looking at the, t- the side tonight, there's a few points that I've been making uh, over the last week or so. Zhiranovic, of course, is out tonight. We've already covered that. But when you're looking at the style of play that Ange is implementing at Celtic, and, you know, it's high tempo. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Uh, it's a high press, of course. He plays with inverted fullbacks. He likes to play with wingers, uh, getting balls into the box. Whether or not a Yeti's the man to be on the end of those balls, I don't think he is, but we'll come to a Yeti in a few moments. But in order to make that that a success, JP, I think what you need is you need two wingers who are able to win the ball back. So there needs to be a defensive quality in their game because you're, you're basically going from attacking and you're transitioning to defence very, very quickly because you're, you're pounding um, the opposition uh, in theory. But if that breaks down, you're, you're reverting back to the defensive area. And two guys who were brilliant at doing that last season were Ryan Christie and El Yunusi. They were particularly good for offensive players to you know, win the ball back, turn it back into an attack. Yota and Abada don't have that in the locker. So you know, if you're going to try and play that high tempo, um, high press, I think that they're absolutely tremendous going forward. Mm. When it flips and we're, we're then on the back foot, I don't think they're as effective as those two players that are no longer at the club. Now, the reason I'm bringing them up when I'm talking about McCarthy is I also think that in order to keep that, that standard up, you need to have a huge amount of energy in the centre of the park. Now, when you've got Callum McGregor in there, and there is a guy that probably done the run in the two players last season, but he's got the energy. And to use another of the examples, Ryan Christie had that energy when he was playing maybe the number 10. But we've got David Turnbull and Tom Rogic playing on the same side who don't have that same level of energy. And you've got two wingers who don't have the same defensive attributes. And I think that's a massive part of when it's going well and you're attacking and that's fantastic. It's, it's great because these guys are offensive players. But when 
the opposition presses us and transition back to us defending, I think that's where we're getting it wrong. And it could well be that we just don't have the personnel that Ange wants in these positions, which oh. is a concern when you can when you consider that three of the guys we've mentioned have been brought in. A hundred percent. I mean, the you think of it, El Yunusi, you know, he, he did track back. He's, he was strong. You know, I, I think, you know, in comparison to Yota, I mean, Yota's built like a player a fiver. So, you know, he's not going to be that sort of tenacious, strength, you know, strong guy to go back and win the ball. Christie, for as much as he wasn't, you know, an absolute unit, he was tenacious and, you know, would go in, you know, mm-hmm. looking to win the ball and, you know, would, you know, sometimes go in quite hard as well. I mean, I remember quite a few. Christie, uh, tasty tackles on on uh, opposition players. So, I I mean, the, the two of them, like you say, are, are good going forward. I, I felt for, I, I watched Jota at the end of the game and he sat on the deck and he just like smashed his fist, both his fists against the ground. And you could tell he was absolutely raging to have put in the effort that he did and not got a victory. You know, because, you know, I, I, I don't think that was for show. You know, sometimes players like histrionics, especially when they've been tackled and they roll about for about, you know, five minutes, a la Vitor Baia in the UEFA Cup final. How could mm-hmm. we forget that? Um, and Martin O'Neill's uh, <laughs> account of that night on like, BBC for some, some game or whatever. But uh, I know Yota was definitely raging. Um, and I, I did feel for him because he did, he did. But there, there was a point in the second half where Jota wasn't in the game at all. And then he suddenly came to life again for the last sort of 15, 20 minutes, he was in it and he was, you know, pinging shots and, you know, beating men and doing chops and getting crosses in for nobody to to score. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, it's, it's just whether or not those players um, were <laughs> Postacoglu's signings or if he's just, again, if, it, if we're back at this point where we're signing players and then presenting them to the manager to work with, which... Is everything that we didn't want to happen at Celtic and all the things that we were saying all the way through the lead up to a new manager coming, we were like, it's got to be everybody's everybody's doing their own job, everybody's, you know, um sort of has their own remit and you know that that's that's how a successful organization works is when you've mm-hmm. got an expert in each field who does their job <laughs> and then and all the dots are joined. So you you then start to wonder are these you know are these players Ange Postecoglou's and and uh, I guess we will not know that really until things go bad. Well, that's always the case. You find out after the event uh, things yeah. go awry, yeah. and even then you sometimes get two sides of the story. So on the Frimpong case, you get Lenny's side of the story against Jeremy Frimpong's side of the story. They don't always marry up, mm-hmm. but I do have sympathy because. There's no doubting that the players that have come in are of a high quality. I mean, Abada, I think, has been a revelation. He went off the boil a wee bit. Hopefully, he's coming back into it now. Yota has been so, so impressive, I think, and mm. uh, I hope that continues. But if you've got a manager who's so fixed in his view of how his team's going to play, regardless of how good they are, if they don't fit his system, it mm. might not work. And that's a big, big concern at the moment now. Robert comes back in, Robert Highland, who was commenting last week as well. Uh, McCarthy will always be too slow for Angie's system and was never an Ange signing. Now, again, 
I think you're probably right in the first part, Robert. He probably is too slow. I, I don't think McCarthy's a bad player. I just don't know if he's suited to that high-tempo style of play. Mm. Um, he's obviously going to be playing tonight uh, in any case because there's such a dearth of midfielders to choose from. Whether or not he was an unsigning, we'll probably never know and we'll probably have to speculate. But I would I would take an educated guess to say that he probably wasn't. And he's probably been on uh, a Celtic want list or scouting report for some time, mm. as has Joe Hart, um, who I think has been a, an excellent addition. So it goes two ways, JP. Sometimes you get a player in that the manager's had nothing to do with and they become a revelation and yeah. nobody's going to argue with that. And it can go the other way. Now, one thing that uh, we will have to discuss is the fact that, again, um, a Yeti was a point of discussion last week and for all the wrong reasons. Um, I think he probably last season dropped down to third choice. We spoke about it time and time again. Eddie was always the first choice. Griffiths was probably ahead of Ayeti many times in the pecking order. And then it was Ayeti. And of course, we also had um, Klamala at the club and we had Bio out on loan. Now we've got a situation where we brought in Kyogo and Yukamakis but both of them have been unfit over the last few weeks and Ayeti has had to get on with it and play every single minute. Uh, Dundee United was an example of uh, the Ayeti that a lot of people are not convinced by. He didn't look like this uh, penalty box striker that we've been told that he is. He was getting chances in the box, he was missing them. And in particular, the one that's now going to become infamous, I think, from three yards out, JP, where the ball comes to him at a good pace and he puts it over the bar. Uh, and there was a suggestion by Declan on the Monday bulletin, uh, sorry, the Tuesday bulletin this week, where he said that it looks as though Yota and Abad are, are, are playing a style of football that might suit Iacamakis, mm-hmm. but they're playing it just now and it's not suiting Ayeti. Mm-hmm. Um, do, you, do you buy that or do you think that it was just a bad day at the office or Ayeti? Or have you seen enough to think... It's never going to work for this guy. He, he cut a sorry figure on Sunday. You know, I was looking at his body language and he just, he looked like the world was against him. And, you know, when you're in any walk of life and you, you, you know, you start to feel weight pressing down against you and you start to think, oh, um, maybe I'm not good enough for this. And maybe that's got into his head a bit, you know, that he's not, you know, he'll be well well aware of Celtic strikers of the past. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's not going to be, uh, you know, he's not going to be ignorant to Henrik Larsson, say, or Chris Sutton. I mean, there's constant reminders about these guys all the time and how great they were for Celtic. And it's quite a high bar, isn't it? <laughs> you know, when you know that there's been these guys in the past that have, like, done the business week in, week out, and if you st- if you don't if you don't do that, and you've been given games week in week out, and you're not scoring the goals, then you might start to doubt yourself. And I think that might might I mean it's complete speculation, of course, but it might be the case with him because there's no doubt that he was at one time a good player. West Ham didn't pay the money they paid for him for for a laugh. We didn't pay the money we paid for him for a laugh. I would hope. <laughs> um, and so you know there's, there's there's been a player in there at some point. And then now you you've just got this guy who's, you know, as soon as a player, as soon as a striker misses one or two chances like that, it can go one or two ways. It either makes you work even harder, or your head can go down. And I think his head's down at the moment, so he'll be playing tonight. And again, as I go back to, you know, the skills example, 
this is a, this is a chance for him to to you know because he scored away in Betis, didn't he? he scored, scored a goal and won a penalty, yeah, and won a penalty. But that was an away game, so everyone's like, "Oh yes, Ayeti's you know doing the business." But it wasn't in front of the Celtic fans because there was no Celtic fans there. Obviously, there would have been a sprinkle of the Celtic fans and amongst the home support. But it's a different kettle of fish if you do the business at Celtic Park. We've all seen the this sort of uh, lionisation of a player that can happen at Celtic Park, and you know, it's on a on a big night. If you do it on a big night, people remember it. And people give you, and you win, you win credit in the bank with a, with a support, with our support, you win credit in the bank that will allow you an off day every now and then. Mm-hmm. But he had, he's just had a series of off days in the league against what we would deem lower, lower, lower quality opposition than Betis. So you're like, he did it against Betis away in what would be deemed a difficult arena, but then you've not been able to do it in domestic games which is the bread and butter um, so he's got an opportunity tonight to to through necessity he's got an opportunity tonight not because there's any you know there's nobody else to play so he has to play so immediately the onus is on him to score the goals tonight and I'd love him to score tonight I really would you know I, 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 as I said last week he's here until January at the very least yeah. and we need him to contribute. You know, there's no point in giving up on him or giving him loads of stick or anything like that. The guy obviously wants to, you know, no player goes under that park and doesn't want to score a goal if you're a striker. We've, we've seen how he has enjoyed goals, you know. He enjoyed the goals against Betis. So, yeah, and we'll see, we'll see what happens tonight. Uh, absolutely, yeah. And, and the thing with that, again, being a confidence player, I think you could see the body language. It was so obvious, JP, that it was affecting him. Um, if he scores a goal this evening and we go ahead, the question is, going back to the, the Betis game, can we manage that? Can we manage that situation? Because that was a big question. We go 2 nothing up. And, uh, you know, against what everybody thought was going to happen that night, away from home, in a cauldron, no Celtic fans there. We go 2 nothing up, but we couldn't manage it. And, no. and by the way, it could well have just been that we were up against a particularly good side who were always going to turn it back round. Mm. We've seen it last season against Milan. We used that example a few times where we go two goals up, we get beat 4-2. Can the Celtic side handle going, going up? Going going ahead tonight, can we can we then switch that to a different style of play where we can actually manage that game out? Uh, it kind of feels like a you know a, a a runaway car that you know hits hits top speed and you're enjoying it, and then all of a sudden you can't brake, you know, and like you're just you're just an absolute freewheeling you know chaos going along a road, and that's what that's what we feel like when we go up in Europe because. You just you just get that adrenaline buzz of like, oh my god, we're turning all up. And you as a fan, I mean, I remember looking around the pub that night against Betis, and everybody was in complete disbelief. And then then there's just that kind of like roller coaster of like, how do we how do we stay in this 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 cart before we come flying off? And then yeah, I mean, obviously what happened happened. I mean, I think most people have said when they scored their first goal. That we were like, they all thought we were going to lose. <laughs> like, that is not the mentality that a team should have when they're 2 0 up in a European match. Like, as soon as you lose a goal, the most of the support are going, oh, well, that's us beat then because we've conceded a goal. They're going to score an equaliser and then they'll probably score a winner as well. 
Like that that's completely bananas to have that kind of thought process. But it is currently what ours is. So when when well, when if when or if we score a goal first tonight, everybody's first thoughts are going to be, or oh, when's the equaliser going to come? And how's it going to come about? Is it going to be a penalty? Is it going to be a daft mistake? Is it going to be this, that? So, you know, it's a true test of the, the team's character as to what we could do if we did go 1-0 up. I mean, we're saying that. We don't know what's going to happen um, in the game tonight. But like you said, it's, it's, it's anybody's guess as to whether or not we can manage it. And it will be a true test of what's been worked on and 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 training and what the managers instilled as to how we cope with going a goal up because that is a crucial thing that we need to surely that's been talked about over and over and over in whatever squad meetings they have and things mm-hmm. like that you know and working on things like you know like Saturday for example down at Manchester United against Villa like Man United conceded a goal in the what 80 seventh or eighth minute or something like that and uh, Melly pointed out that it was as a result of whatever they instructed uh, the team to do at the corner it was Austin Austin McPhee is the assistant coach and is the set piece coach so whatever it was they worked on something in training at that very moment and they, they, they did it I'm not entirely sure what they did but whatever they did worked and they got the goal effectively won them the game so they would have, I mean, you'd like to think that a team of our level is, has plans for things like that and then things to do once you're a goal up. Mm-hmm. This, is how you, this is how you play the game. This is how we will play the game once we're a goal up. You know, rather than it just being like the wheels come off and then we concede a goal and then we concede another goal and then it's just like a hard luck story. It's like, oh, well, we went 1-0 up, but ultimately it came to nothing. No, you're right. And it's not the first time this season either. I mean, you look at Michelin going a goal up twice um, and eventually losing the tie. Uh, so there is a mentality there as well as that organisational element of this is how you manage it if we go ahead. And hopefully we will go ahead tonight. Thomas Todd comes in to say uh, to speak about the leaks that appear to be coming from Celtic Park. Regarding we don't know... Um, how valid the information is at this moment, but it always concerns me when there is apparent leaks. I mean, last season you were, you know, regularly getting the team news via WhatsApp, you know, before the team was announced. Mm. Um, the Athletics spoke about uh, someone in the, the the dressing room giving them information. That kind of stuff, I, absolutely, I, I think it's it disgusts me at a football club. You should not be taking anything from within that inner sanctum of Celtic and sharing it elsewhere. But we know what happens because a lot of the information comes away, JP, and, you know, mm. it gets shared with you. Um, and in relation to any of the, the kind of rumours flying about, it's difficult to, to even comment on them because you don't know how valid they are. However, what I would say, I've seen a, a very interesting thread that was posted by Celtic Shared last week, I think it was, and they were talking about how there was this narrative that had um, been put out in relation to Dominic Mackay's capability or otherwise to fulfil his role. Uh, and according to this thread, that information had been fed to certain people within Celtic fan media. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was looking at it going, well, that's interesting because obviously the club may see that as an opportunity to create a narrative, but I can absolutely guarantee that Axom certainly weren't a part of that discussion. So mm-hmm. we weren't fed any kind of information whatsoever. And, 
have not been fed any information about the departure of Dominic Mackay. Um, but it was an interesting one because it would appear that that kind of thing is happening. Information is being leaked, JP. But I want to concentrate on the game tonight, and there's a couple of partnerships I want to talk about. So we know that Ayeti will start. There's probably a question mark about the left back, as we've discussed. Uh, Tony Ralston gets the right back's jersey because there is no one else to play there. Uh, Joe Hart will be starting as a captain tonight, no doubt about it. Central defence, we have played seven games in Europe this season and we've had five different partnerships at centre-half. Um, only once has um, Starfelt and Carter Vickers lined up in Europe together, but I'm getting to that stage where I'm thinking that is your first-choice centre-half partnership at the moment. Are you quite happy with that going into the game tonight? I don't really think we've got many options there, have we? I mean, I mean, would Welsh come back in for a game of this magnitude after he's been playing Carter Vickers and Starfield as his regular centre halves? I don't know. Um, I think, aye, it was probably going to be the two of them in centre half. I don't, I don't, I don't see him changing that now. Um, they've started what the last two games would be weird if they suddenly didn't start tonight. So that would be that would be the go-to. Mm-hmm. Guys there, um, and then and then midfield is going to be the same as well because again, what what do you change in the midfield in the centre of the midfield? Um, it's so mad that we're relying on Rogic after Rogic being here for so long and not never being a first choice player, and suddenly you're just you know expecting this guy whose whose battery life is questionable. You know you're expecting them to you know to sort of. Uh, go the go the go the full hog and and play the majority of the ninety minutes or whatever and and produce the goods and it's, that, that, he's never done that he's never been that player no. and how does he suddenly become this player because what well, because he's got an Australian coach I mean that's naive in the extreme to think that that would make a, such a difference it's like oh well they know each other doesn't it matter it's still the same player you know the manager's new but the player's the same. And if he wasn't able to do that over the course of his Celtic career so far, then I'm expecting him to do it now. I mean, he, he frustrated the life out of me on Sunday, you know, um, always just looking for that extra touch, always trying yep. to find a perfect square to hit a shot or put a pass away. And it's just, you know, he holds onto the ball just a bit too long. And yeah, I, I watched him as well. And he, he looked a bit kind of, Oh well, that, that I've I've just given it my best there, and my best isn't good enough, and that that's not going to fly really long term. The big thing for me with Roger, and that was the other partnership I was going to talk to you about, is I'm not too sure that again going back to the point I made um, that we can go out tonight with Turnbull and Roger starting. So if McCarthy starts and he is your number six, because we're doing it all by numbers now. Mm-hmm. Um, You've got to get someone in, in beside him who has that energy level that allows the flowing football that, that Ange mm. um, seeks. David Trumbull's not that player. He doesn't have that energy. He's very much like Roderick in that there comes a point in the game and you, you notice it with Trumbull because he starts losing the ball. Mm. He's, he, you know, his ball retention is excellent normally. And then mm. he gets to that 65, 70 minute point. He starts giving the ball away far too freely and too easily. Um, so... I think there's a question mark around those two players. I, I think we can only go into this game tonight with one of them. And then it asks you the question, it begs the question rather, who plays alongside McCarthy um, 
because, I mean, the other options, of course, are, and they are options and they need to be discussed near Beaton and Sorrow. Now, who gives you more energy? Sorrow. You know, I know that he's always thrown himself into tackles. Mm. He's always looking to get, yeah, you know, you, you're looking at him, expecting him to get booked at some point in the game. I think a lot of that comes down to a discipline that he seems to lack at the moment. But if it's an energy that you're looking for, and I think we really do need that, particularly with McCarthy uh, and, the, and the pace that he plays the game at, JP, I get the feeling that Andrew's going to start sorrow tonight. And then it's a, it really is a, a toss of a coin over who plays as the number 10, be that Roger or Turnbull. What's your thoughts on that? It's a, it's a dicey move starting sorrow in a game of this magnitude because we cannot afford to... You know, I mean, everybody says it, and it's it's becoming now like parlay amongst Celtic supporters that you know sorrow is just good for a booking. You know, you might as it's, it's printing money, isn't it, to to back sorrow for a booking if he's if he's starting, and you don't want to have one of your centre midfielders on a booking early on in the game, which is what tends to happen with him. Um, it would be slightly hypocritical for me to then say I think we should play beat on instead, but I mean. I, I would have Beaton before I'd have Sorrow um, purely for the fact that he's not as in midfield anyway, he's not as rash in his uh, you know, his tackling and his decision making. Playing him at centre half is a different kettle of fish. I'd never want to see him play the centre half ever again. You know, we've 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 seen that tested and fail far too many times. Um but again through necessity, he's you know, much like a Yeti up front. He's a international experienced midfielder. I'm not saying he's the guy that's going to rail the troops or anything like that. I just I don't think he's that type of player. He, he doesn't, you know, stir me up as a fan in terms of like get me going or anything like that. He's not a Scott Brown. Um, but and, you know, if, if it's going to be a, a choice between Beaton and Sorrow, it would be Beaton for me. Uh, I just think Sorrow's just too much. A, it's, it's too dicey to, to play Sorrow in this. But I mean, it just shows you how little he's got to work with that these are the players that exactly. we are that we yeah. are talking about. It goes back to Livingston last week and you you saying, you know, Ralston and Montgomery, the options to come off the bench and you're just like, wow, this is this is our squad right now. This is it's drastic. It's so far and away from, you know, Lustig, Tierney, you know <laughs> and the rest, you know, it's just uh, Stop it. We're gonna to have to get the old DVDs out uh, just to <laughs> remind ourselves of what a treble looks like. But JP, the, the, the point remains, you just need to look at tonight's bench. And when you look at that bench tonight, and young Moffat may well be on that bench and various others, it's going to be young, it's going to be lacking in experience. There's going to be a real dearth of experience on that bench. Um, I mean, if, if Beaton's on it, he'll bring that up a wee bit because he's made so many appearances over an eight-year period. But you're looking at that, right, if McCarthy starts, and he probably will because he's an influential player, and um, you'll be looking at him uh, to come back into the side, I would guess. And you're then struggling to find someone to play alongside him because you're also second-guessing which of the, these players suits Angie's style of play. Mm. And I don't think Beaton does because he's too slow when he gets the ball. The tempo drops every time he gets the ball. There's a lot of stuff that he can do well. He's a good passer of the ball, etc. but not at pace. Mm. Sorrow, like you say, it, you know, you're in that situation where if he does, as he did the last time, he gets a booking in seven minutes. He's on a tightrope for the rest of the game. You're probably looking to replace him. So you're going for your second choice anyway. Then you're looking at, right, who do you play as your number 10? Is it Tommy Rodgick or is it David Turnbull? So I, I, these are I, the dilemmas. Yeah, I know, I know. But it's it's just, 
it's, it just feels like he's playing with fire, doesn't it? It's just <laughs> like throwing about a ball that's on fire and hoping his hands don't get burned. It's just it's wild that we're in such a predicament. Um, but it just it's, it all traces back to this this search for the new manager and not getting him in place. And we we all predicted that you know the first Champions League qualifier was going to be an absolute you know, whitey in terms of the personnel that we put out in that game. Despite all the signings, even though we made so even though we've made so many signings, we're still in a position going into a European game playing a team that is made up of previous bit part players or or, or you know cameo players in, in, in the Celtic squad. And we're now having to include them alongside you know many debutants who haven't got the experience of playing for Celtic over over a course of a season or a couple of seasons or whatever. So it's just an absolute, you know, um cocktail of 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 uh <laughs> of inexperience and uh it's uh, again it points to the fact that we've got absolutely no right to get anything from this game tonight. So if the players rise to the challenge along with the support, you know the support's going to be there. Um then you know it's 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 anybody's guess as to what happens, but we just we really really need to be completely disciplined and on on the ball for every single minute of the game tonight because it's like concentration levels are going to have to be so so good <laughs> because you know I, I know there's been a lot of narrative in the media McCoist in particular saying oh this isn't the Bayer Leverkusen side that Rangers faced you know, a couple of years ago and, you know, they've not got Kai Havertz and all the rest of it. They're second in the Bundesliga. That's enough for me. I don't need to know who or what is playing in their team to know that if a team is currently sitting, uh, going into the end of September, second in the Bundesliga, I know it's early doors in the season, but, you know, this is a good side we're playing tonight. No question. Absolutely. And as I've said before, this manager, he's, he's a rising star. Yeah, uh, what he done at Young Boys is it probably still being felt yet, but it was him that did that. He he built that, mm-hmm. um, and he looks obviously uh, early stages that he wants to do the same with Bayer Leverkusen. Now, one final thing before we go: former Bayer Leverkusen and Celtic player Andreas Tom uh, was in our mind when we were creating this concept jersey. It is mm-hmm. the final one that we have at the moment. Although I've got another couple on order from all over the world. You won't believe the Adidas ones that I've managed to find in some far-flung places as Russia and Poland, but there will be Axon jerseys very soon. I want you to ask a question, and the first correct answer wins the jersey, JP Mason. How many caps did Andreas Tom get for his country? Wow. And I believe that might have been before the... The split, maybe? No, I, I don't well, I know. Here's, here's the question then, right? He was the first ever East German to play for a unified Germany. Mm-hmm. So are we talking about combined for East Germany and Germany? Are we, are we talking about combined international caps? Combined. Combined caps, right. Here we go then. So he's played for East Germany and Germany. How many times? It's a good question coming in for JP. I'm just checking it myself. I love and, that. Remember that goal he scored against Dundee United in the semi-final? Was it, was oh, it the yes. semi-final? Yeah. I, yep. I, I watched that in my house. My dad was out in the garden and I ran out to say, uh, you know, we're, we're going to get a replay. And then the next thing, Pierre scored and we won and we we, we got to the, 
the final. That was that was tremendous. That was tremendous with all temporary stand behind the goals. Wow. Um, right. I know what the answer is. It's combined caps. So the caps that he won both for the unified Germany and East Germany. And here are some of the guesses that are wrong. So James Wilson, 53, higher. Um, Tosh de Coglu, Junior Malone, 13, higher than that. William Peden, 6. No, he actually won quite a few. Pat Burns, that's uh, the closest we've had so far. Uh, Not as many, Donny Boys, 92. But uh, I can see Paddy Livery in 1888, not as many as that, Bill. Uh There was definitely the correct answer coming in. And the first one that I've seen is this Oof. individual here. 61 combined. Correct, FNJC. You're watching on Twitch. Andreas Tom won 61 international caps for Unified Germany and East Germany. And he was the first East German cap to win a cap for Germany. Is that right? So, yeah, he was. Oh. Aye. Wow. So there you, there you go. There you have it. And in actual fact, I think he was involved. Remember when Scotland played Germany and Scotland were wearing that salmon pink shirt? with the mm-hmm. blue stripes and Duncan yeah, Ferguson yeah. done an overhead kick, mm-hmm. uh, etc. I'm pretty sure he was in that squad. I've got that programme kicking about. I'm sure he was in that squad. So you are the winner. You win this jersey. Now, in order to claim your prize, contact me via uh, email on pauljohndykes at gmail.com. That is where anybody who wants to get in touch directly can can do so. And you can also do it on Twitter, Facebook, and various other places that we exist on social media. Well done. That's the final prize of September. We move into a new month, JP, and the prize for next month. If you subscribe on YouTube, you'll be in for a prize draw to win a signed and framed Bobby Lennox print. So I'm just taking a wee note of your your Twitch handle there. Get in touch, pauljohndykes at gmail.com, and you have won the Andy Tom jersey, as we are calling it. JP, thank you for that the quiz master thanks for everybody getting involved it's been well over a thousand there um, for a bit of chat on Celtic a few people asking about how we go about getting involved well we are going to have we're going to call them I think Axom cult bulletins where you can get involved in a discussion it'll be exactly the same but we just won't put it out live just in case we've had a few issues before putting things out live uh, when it's not the Axom contributors so uh, not that we don't trust you, and we'll get you involved if you want to get involved with two or three Axom contributors, and we'll have a good chat about Celtic, and you as a Celtic fan as well. So get involved. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Good luck to Celtic tonight. Hopefully we can get that result, JP. That will give us all a wee bit of confidence moving on to Sunday at Petodre. All that's left for me to say is thank you to JP Mason for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? 
Just stop. This is a 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's E-A-S-Y to 203203. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives gives you access to all every audience live conversations trusted influencers and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company go to iHeartResults.com for more sports social podcast network sports social podcast network sports social podcast network sports social podcast network Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.